Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We need you. We pray as we continue to worship you that you would just open up our hearts and minds, that you would remove any distraction from us, anything we're thinking about after church or tomorrow or whatever's going on in our life and help us to zone right into what you desire to say in us and through us today for your glory. So we just invite you in, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I am so excited to be with you guys today in the next uh, two Sundays after this for this new series uh, that we're starting today called Give It a Rest. It requires some action in our lives. And before we move into that, I just want you to know you've got some handouts on your chair today. Hang on to those. We're going to talk about those at the end of the talk this morning, something cool we're going to do with them. So just know they're right there intentionally in your chairs. So let me ask you a question. When you think of the word rest, what comes to your mind? I know for me, I, I think about it raining outside and hearing the thunder, which, boy, we need some rain, don't we? And hearing the thunder and, and underneath the covers, all nice and warm with the AC set on 68, okay? And then actually getting there, okay? And, uh, and just enjoying some rest. But we all have things that come to our mind when we think of the word rest. Bonnie and I um, just were, were blessed with a, a month together in the month of June and, and being here at, at, at Cross Point at, for our pastors at the seven-year mark. Our pastors get an extra 30 days added onto their vacation for what we call a sabbatical, a time of rest. And so Bonnie and I enjoyed that together. And I had an assignment um, during that 30 days. And it was, for, it was to read a book called Sacred Rest by uh, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And uh, it was an amazing book. And I'm actually sitting in my backyard right there with my Bible and my journal right there. It was an amazing book to read. This is a book that I'll talk more about it next week, but I'll be using some things from this book throughout this series. It's actually designed to read in a 30-day period, just a little bit every day. Well, you know, this topic of rest I began a journey toward real rest eight years ago this summer. And it took seven years because I'm a slow learner. Is there, any, is there anyone else here a slow learner like me? Okay. Uh, it took me seven years of seeking God and seeking this topic of rest and what that looked like inside me to unpack some things. And one of the things that God allowed me to unpack was my greatest pain growing up as a child. And because of those different things, I had all of this stuff pushed down that would cause me not to rest well. Well, I was also one of these hyper kids growing up, and I'll share much more of my story next weekend. But growing up, I was one of these hyper kids, and before they had Ritalin, they gave you rocking chairs, okay? So you'd stay in the same room and not leave the room. You'd just keep moving, okay? So I still love rocking chairs today, and I buy them at Costco because after they wear out, you can take it back and get another one, okay? Just a little inside scoop, but I don't know. I've already took several back, so they may not take them anymore. So, all right. So today we're going to actually put handlebars on why rest. And we're going to look at what rest is, what it isn't, and its value to our everyday life. Next week, you don't want to miss next week. Next week, we're going to look at 
the rest we've been missing. And we're going to define seven super important areas of rest in our life that a lot of times we get deficient in. And then in week three, we're going to break down the gifts of rest and also a next step action plan toward a well-rested life. So tune in for this series. Make sure you invite someone to come back with you next week. And each week, we're going to be examining the life of Elijah. So by the end of this three-week series, you may know nothing about Elijah today. You're going to be able to relate your life to the life of Elijah. Elijah was an ordinary person like you and me that God used to do extraordinary things. So each week, we're going to be tying Elijah's struggles with rest and its deficiencies into our own journey through life. So great opportunity, great opportunity to invite someone. But we're going to start by looking at where did the word rest first appear in the Bible? And we look in Genesis chapter 1, verses 31 through 2, verse 3. And we simply read that God saw that all he made was very good. You are good, his creation is good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. In verse two of chapter two, we see, but by the, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he what? Rested. I'm going to take some notes. Get out your notepad on your phone, smartphone or pad or something to write on. Take some notes. Write down some of these texts so you can go back during the week and just read through and reflect on some of those things. Don't we see God? God rested. Well, what in the world was that? He rested from his work. But look at verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I believe something very interesting happened between verse two and verse three. And we think about, wow, why did God rest? Was he tired? This is God. He's all powerful. He's everywhere. He's all knowing. I don't think he was tired as in you and me get tired. I think he was enjoying what he had created. If you're like me, I've never done slow very well. And I have to work at being still emotionally, being still, physically. And, and I believe God knew from the very beginning because we're created in his image that in our humanness, we would struggle with resting. So God modeled being still. And after he enjoyed, after he sat back and enjoyed looking at what he created, he blessed it. Wow. I believe there's a word in there for each, for each one of us in our life. And I believe God was modeling something valuable to our lives. And the truth is, is that God is always intentional in everything he does. And he always has our best interest at heart. So as he was resting, he was celebrating and he blessed. A real rest was so important to God for us that he even made it one of the Ten Commandments. As we look in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, as Moses was receiving these commandments from God, in verse 8, it says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter 
daughter, nor your male or female, nor your animals, your cat, your dog, your hamster. So do any work on that day, okay? But you simply cease from rest. In verse 11, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And here's what I believe. This is the most misunderstood things in the Bible. Because people think that, wow, you know, man was created for the Sabbath. No, the Sabbath was created for man. And then we legalize it and we make it think if it doesn't happen in this particular time frame, we're not right with God. I don't believe, personally believe that's true. I believe God is wanting us to know that there needs to be consistency of rest in our lives. And we look at the original root word for Sabbath. It traces to the Hebrew word Shabbat, meaning Rest And the Old Testament refers to God's day of rest, most famously in Genesis, but also we see it again in the Bible where there was a whole year of rest. So Sabbath defined is simply this. You might want to write this down. Rest, observe, and worship. When we get still and we observe the, the blessings, the fruit of our labor, which I have a very hard time doing, and then we worship God. God, thank you. And one of the things I really find a lot of joy in right now is, is watching my little grandson, Easton. And I can watch him and observe, and then I just want to worship God. God, thank you that I'd have a, a grandson that looks like me. No, just kidding. <laughs> you, know, you know, a grandson that, that, that is going to be raised in a loving home by his golly mom and dad and watching God at work. And we need these periods of rest in our life. And so, so let me share some statistics on rest because if you feel like you're, you're constantly on the go, you're not alone. Because this recent survey of more than 18,000 people from 134 different countries found that 68% of people feel they don't get enough rest. So let me ask you, do you, do you get enough rest? Where are you at in your rest? You're thinking rest. I, I know what some of you are thinking, rest. I can I don't get that anymore, you know? Stick with this series because God wants to teach us some things because I believe God is working and moving. The Sleep Foundation did some interesting surveys on rest, on sleep, and you can go to sleepfoundation.org and, uh, and check that out. But let me share some stats from that. Look at this first stat here on rest from the Sleep Foundation. Almost half of all Americans say they feel sleepy during the day between three and seven days a week. Anyone relate to that one? Some of you are saying, that's me. What about every day, okay? Next one, 35.2% of all adults in the U.S. report sleeping on the average of less than seven hours per night. I believe that's higher. Anyone relate to that one? Some of you are thinking, seven hours in your sleep, okay, yeah. Between 10 and 30% of adults struggle with chronic insomnia. I believe that's even higher. Look at this next one. It is believed that between 30 and 48% of older adults, that's my category, okay, suffer from insomnia, which I deal with, I, I've dealt with that in my life. Look at this next one. Insufficient sleep has an estimated economic impact of over 411 billion, that's a lot of bucks, billion dollars each year in the United States alone, not even in the world. Look at this next one. 40% of people with insomnia are believed to also be affected by a mental health disorder. I can relate to that. 
Look at this next one. Around 75% of adults with depression suffer from insomnia. I've dealt with depression in my life. I'll share more about that next Sunday. More than 90% of people with PTSD related to military combat, but it could be PTSD in other areas of life as well. But here's one, have been found to have symptoms of insomnia. Wow. We are struggling today, trying to find this rest thing. What is it? Why rest? I love this quote from an unknown author. Here's what he says. When I am resting because my body is weak, I need to remember that I'm not wasting the day doing nothing. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. I'm recovering. Do do. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That's true. And it's okay to be busy. No one was busier than Jesus, but Jesus was balanced. He knew whenever he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He had that balance of rest and doing in his life. Today, we're going to look at Elijah, the runner. Well, we're created to run. We're created to do. And we're going to look at that. And next week, we're going to look at this next phase that God created to do. But he's created intentionally for a purpose in our life. I know I've had to work through so much about learning how to rest and not feel guilty or bad. You know, we're in a driven society. So let's be honest, we're all just too busy, right? Some of us are just too busy just doing the wrong things. We're, We're being pulled by our busy lives and all we want to do is to have a good life. So we find ourselves in the inevitable predicament of much activity with little enjoyment. Can anyone relate? Just do, 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 and do, and we're not enjoying our wheels spin as we shove more to do in a day with no available daylight hours left, only to find ourselves in the end not wanting more to do. Oh, we have plenty to do, don't we? How, how many of y'all got plenty to do this next week? You know, we all got plenty to do, but we want to make sure that you allow some time on Saturday to help us with KCCP. Okay, so. <laughs> So have that balance in your life. So we're looking at that. How can we allow for things like that? Well, that's what we're getting at. Our wheels spin. We shove more to do in a day, you know, than what we really have time to do. You know, so we find ourselves wanting to do more things we enjoy doing, like being a part of KCCP. We want time, but in all honesty, we want time to enjoy our kids more, right? We want time to make love to our spouses, We want time to labor over a good meal. Man, when I have a good steak, I like to eat it slow. Why? Because I always want to enjoy all the flavor, you know? We find ourselves wanting to do that. And some of y'all in here, you just want time to go to the bathroom without being interrupted, okay? So we can all relate to this wanting more time in our lives, but there's no more time. Time is both infinite and it's finite. It goes on and on. You know, with or without us, it will continue. Our number of days are only known by God. But here's what I've learned in my life. When I abort rest, and you can write some of these pieces down or, or they'll, they'll be on our toolbox. Matter of fact, if you don't have our toolbox, you can text toolbox to our number 210 um, yes, 817-8121. And maybe we'll have that up later, but I'm throwing the tech off because that wasn't included in my notes. It was a bonus, okay? But get our toolbox. In our toolbox, we recap all the notes from the weekend. We have cool links you can do. So you want to put toolbox to our number, and we'll give it to you at the end as well. But here's what I find. When I abort rest, it empties me of everything Christ-like. When I don't rest, 
I am not like Christ. See, there's a, see when we rest, we're not, not talking about just sleeping. We're talking about something that impacts your mind, your heart, your soul. Rest is connected to your soul. The condition of your soul reflects how you rest and vice versa. I know that when I abort rest, it strips me of the ability to treasure life. I'm trying to go too fast and I'm not enjoying what God's doing around me. Enjoying life change, enjoying what, what I see God doing in a person's life or in my children's life or, or in my marriage. Matter of fact, when I abort rest, rest it, it peels away the value of my being. When I don't rest, it goes to my core. We read in John 10, 10, that Satan's come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to take away rest from our lives. He wants to rob us. He wants to steal from us because he knows when we don't rest, we're not healthy. We're not healthy emotionally, physically, mentally. We're not healthy. But Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. And we'll look at that as we go throughout this series. So we need to know a life without periods of rest will not endure the daily grind. It's not gonna make it. Rest is not for weaklings. Rest is for the strong. Rest is for the focused. Rest is for those that are pursuing God's best for our life. And hollowing out space for rest, it's work. Some are thinking right now, man, where can I fit rest in? You know, Figuring that out is, is work. It means saying no. It means having limits with ourselves. It means having limits with others. It takes courage to rest in our outcome-driven society. Our society wants to do, 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 go, 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 produce, produce, produce without periods of rest. And what we find is we start lagging. Things start messing up. Things start falling off. It takes strength to walk away from good in the pursuit of better. I don't know about you, but the people pleaser inside of me just wants to say yes and omit rest. But what I've got to learn and discover is when I say yes, it should never omit rest. We have to have some breathing room, a gap between our head and the ceiling. Jesus always allowed for interruptions because he was balanced. He had that balance of rest. He knew what he needed to omit. And we're gonna learn that hopefully throughout this season. And we need to know that sleep is not rest. Sleep is not rest. It's a part of rest. We need to sleep, yes, because it's a part of rest, but it's not rest. It's different parts of an intricate system. Sleep and rest are designed to work together to ensure that every part of you has a way to regenerate and get restored. So sleep is different from rest, but good quality sleep trickles down from a well-rested life. And by the end of this series, our goal is, is that you can see a clear pathway for you personally toward a well-rested life. You know, the truth is, is hurry is outside of us and inside of us at the very same time. And daily, we're, we're left to wonder, is rest really obtainable? How many of y'all are wondering, is rest really obtainable? Is that just for the lucky people, okay? Yes, it is but not without work and not without intentionality. And that's why we've called the series, Give It a Rest. 
We've got to put some action steps. We need to be training our children growing up in how to rest and saying, do, 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 do. Be a part of this. Be a part of that. Be a part of this. You know, a lot of times in life, we raise our kids and filling our own expectations. We, get, we didn't get to do with our kids. And more kids are stressed today, depressed today than ever before. Why? Because they're pressured to do, 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 and do. We've got to look at ourselves and look at how that impacts our lives. Sleep is solely a physical activity, but rest, however, penetrates into the spiritual. And that's what we're going to look at. Well, here, here's an example of a well-rested life. I want to use this picture here on our, on our screen. Now, Bonnie and I, we, we went to, during my 30-day sabbatical, we went to Disneyland in California, our first trip to Disney without kids. Oh, it's so cool, you know. We did the drop the rope thing, you know. And uh, here we're on the Raging River ride full of big hills at California Adventure Park. Bonnie loves water rides. I can't stand water rides because I hate getting wet, okay? But I'm going on this because Bonnie and I, we're working on oneness, you know. We're, we're growing. And so I'm happy here. I'm looking at the hills. A well-rested life, it doesn't mean the hills aren't, aren't going to be hard, but it means we're gonna be able to get through it because we've got our eyes on the important piece, you know? So I'm going up that hill, but then look at this next slide over here. Now I'm freaking out, okay? Well, in life, a well, someone that's not well-rested, you look at the hill and you think, no, not me. You know, uh, I, I just can't even see how I'm gonna even get up that hill or through that hill. Here's the truth. Right now today at this very moment, online or here in person, you are either here on the left side or you're on the right side. You're one of the two places. You can't be in the middle. Where are you at right now? I'm here to tell you that we can all live on the well-rested side. Doesn't mean life's perfect. Doesn't mean we're not gonna struggle. Doesn't mean we're not gonna get tired or need a nap because really the truth is sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Somewhere I was saying, yeah, see, that's what I'm gonna do this afternoon. Take a nap, okay? So, all right, because we, we've gotta know where we're at because the most misunderstood, chemical-free, safe, effective alternative to medicine is spelled rest. It's spelled rest. Yes, you know. But, but here's the good news. A chronic rest deficit can be cured. It can be cured. There is hope for you. There is hope for me. And next week, I'll share more about the things that God is teaching me. But God was teaching the prophet Elijah. And we see that in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, the first time that Elijah was mentioned in the Bible. You can write that text down, but I'm going to read it for you. Now, Elijah, the Tishbet from Tishba in Gilead, said to Ahab. Now, Ahab was a king. Ahab was the meanest of all kings, one of the most evil of all kings. And so we're coming in here, but here's an interesting thing. We don't know anything about Elijah's past. Why is that? A lot of the prophets we read about in the Old Testament, we hear they were from this family line. They were from, oh, they were important people, you know. But here's the cool thing about Elijah. He was an ordinary person like you and I that God did extraordinary things through, just like God wants to do extraordinary things through you. He was an ordinary person. He was called by God to give a message. He was obedient to that message. He came in and tells this king of God, he says, as surely as the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither rain nor dew uh, in the next few years, except at my word, and then he split. Okay, well, just so you know, anyone that went into the king uninvited most of the time were killed before they ever got out of the room. 
because the king had that prerogative. Well, well, what are you doing? Elijah knew what was up, what he was up against, but he went. Elijah was running. He was running right into God's plan for his life, being obedient. Then we look in verse two. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, because this is a dangerous place, okay? Leave here, he says. Turn eastward and hide in the Kirith Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Well, here's the interesting thing about that. God said he's going to feed Elijah. You know, God wants to nourish and feed you consistently in your life. So he sends Elijah to this brook where he can hide. The ravens were known as one of the dirtiest birds. People would not want anything from a raven, but God chose the raven. You know, God will choose messy situations in our life to nurture us and to grow us because God will never waste a hurt. He will never waste a pain. And God was wanting to teach Elijah something about the future. God was always intentional. So Elijah was drinking from this brook, scooping up this water, eating the things that God had brought him. And so here we see in verse five, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Valley, east of the Jordan, stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. But sometime later in verse seven, what's it say there? The brook did what? Dried up. So every day Elijah was drinking from this brook. The water kept getting lower and lower and lower and lower. But God has said, stay here. So you, do you ever wonder that maybe Elijah was wondering, uh, God, uh, are you going to tell me what to do next when there's no more water here? Can you imagine anyone ever think about taking a nice drink from the bird bath that has about an inch of water left in the bottom? You know, or a, a mud puddle outside? Elijah was drinking all the way down to the very end, wondering what was next, and God knew. Sometimes we feel like, I don't know what's going to next. It's coming to an end. I don't know what's going to happen. Stay in tune because God is at work in your life. And so we see he was at work. And, here, and here's the interesting thing. Elijah rested and he was tested. God was helping Elijah rest. But he was testing Elijah at the same time. And so we move forward from there. And then we see in verse eight, then the word of the Lord came to him because Elijah was in tune. I always love to see when the word of the Lord came to you. What does that mean? He was just seeking God in prayer, maybe in worship, maybe singing something back to God. And he heard God speaking to his spirit wow, we're going to talk about that in the gifts of rest in week three. I believe God was at work and he said, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there because I've directed a widow out there to supply you with food. Now here's the amazing thing is God will do incredible things in and through our life much of the time. He will use other people's challenges to teach us things too. So this widow was simply out there picking up some sticks for a fire, a few sticks, because she had a little, little bit of flour, a little bit of, of oil in a jar, and she was literally thinking she's going to fix her last meal and her son's last meal. They're going to eat this last little cake together, and then they're going to die. So God says, Elijah, I want you to go and let this lady feed you. Wow. What was God trying to teach Elijah? Then what was God teaching the widow? Because Elijah was growing in his walk with God. God used Elijah to encourage her and said, you're always going to have enough in that jar. Just trust me. Trust God because God is at work. What do you need to trust God with today? What is it 
that's in the last of your jar that you think's not gonna be there. Because I believe God is at work. You fast forward to those stories and we see God just doing things um, in and around Elijah's life. And Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah goes to this guy, Obadiah, who was the king's administrator and says, hey, I want you to go tell the king something. And well, Obadiah saying, what? Why do you want to kill me? He's got, he, he didn't invite me in. Oh, go and do it. Everything's going to be cool. So I want you to go and tell him, hey, it's going to be raining soon and I want you to know what's going on. And so he goes off to to give this message and really what Elijah was fixing to do, and I won't read through all this, but I want to encourage you to journey through this chapter sometime during the week, check it out, because God was using Elijah to help people see that they were worshiping false gods. They were putting things in front of God. Sometimes we put our money in front of God. Sometimes we put our hobbies in front of God. Sometimes we put people in front of God, interests in front of God, our look in front of God. Sometimes we we put things in place of God. So we can relate to this, but what what Elijah's trying to say is there's God who has a much better plan for your life. And so in verse 20 of chapter 18, so Ahab sent word throughout all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Let me ask you, how long will you waver between two opinions with what you're dealing with right now thinking through? You have God's side, then you have the other side. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God or your money or whatever is going on, whatever we're struggling with in our life, for me growing up, it was my hot rod cars. But then I put, man, my physical condition with running marathons in in front of God. Whatever it is for you, it says follow him. But the people said nothing because they were thinking, wow. We look in 1 Kings chapter 18, and meanwhile the sky grew black with clouds and with a wind rose and a heavy rain started falling because Ahab, <laughs> Ahab was wondering, oh wow, what's going on? When's this gonna happen? Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came over Elijah and he tucked in his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. God did a work through Elijah. Elijah was built to run. We are built to run. We also need a rest. And Elijah experienced a huge movement of God, but look what happened next in 1 Kings 19, verses one through four. Now we see Elijah's running the opposite direction. In verse 19, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. This was the king's evil wife. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. By this time tomorrow, I did not make your life like one of them. Elijah, he took off running. In verse three, we see Elijah was afraid. Anyone afraid in here today? Anyone afraid of what tomorrow is going to bring? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a physical situation. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a struggle with a particular sin or stronghold in your life you're trying to break free from. I want you to know there's hope. Elijah ran. We all want to run away from things at times in our life, don't we? So he ran and he found a, a broom bush and sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. A man that God used to do this huge miracle just before He says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. That wasn't the truth. 
But at times when we get depleted of rest, we're much more vulnerable to the lies. See, we have three voices coming at us. We have the voice from above, which is God, who can never tell a lie. He can only tell the truth. We have the voice from below, which is Satan, all of his demonic forces. And Satan can never tell the truth. He can only tell a lie. And then we have the voice from within. A lot of times, if we're tired, we get it wrong. Elijah was listening to the wrong voice. And he was depleted. And next week, we're going to talk about what happens next in that story. But we need to know that Elijah was suffering from chronic fatigue, chronic hopelessness, and chronic lack of joy. Can you relate to fatigue? Can you relate to hopelessness at times in your life? Can you relate to a lack of joy? And these aren't just medical issues. It's a mind, body, and spirit issue. Our healing has to come from the inside out. And the most effective rest occurs when we are purposefully reviving the parts of our body that's getting depleted. Yes, rest solutions that don't work. Look at these things that don't work. Vacations, they don't work. Yeah, vacations are good, but we need consistent rest things in our life, right? I'm not knocking vacations. Downsizing. You know, if we think I'm just going to downsize and get rid of all this stuff and all my troubles, it doesn't work like that. Although downsizing can be important, but escapism is not rest. Medications, we may need medications from time to time to get us off a ceiling or get our chemicals balanced out. That's important, but it doesn't mean that our soul is going to rest. Sleep marathons. Maybe you said, man, I only got four hours of sleep this week. So this Saturday, I'm sleeping 12 hours. Anyone ever thought that before? Okay. Sleep marathons. Don't, yeah, 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 they can be enjoyable for a little while, but it's not going to get you that consistent rest. Multitasking. Let me just do, 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 do really fast so I can do this. Complaints. Just complaining to God. Well, why is this or why is that? You know, it, it doesn't cause rest in our life. So rest is not a one size fits all commodity. God's always known what we need before we ever ask. His genuine desire is for all of us that we experience a well-rested life, that we're taking steps toward that. It's not about arriving. It's not about being perfect. We can have a well-rested life. It doesn't mean we're not struggling anymore. It means that we're quick to know what to do when we are struggling because he will work through seasons of life. He will work through circumstances. He will work through disappointments. God will work through uncertainty. He will work through physical and mental challenges. He'll work through health issues. He will work through happy times. Our goal for the next week is to simply understand the role rest plays in our life next Sunday. And I want to encourage you to be here. The secret life of the well-rested is found in answering one key question. What type of rest have you been missing? And we're gonna break that down next Sunday. The process of of obtaining real rest It's not for the faint of heart. It can get real messy. It's not one thing, okay, I'm gonna go hear this talk and now I'm gonna be rest now for the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. I've been been seeking to understand the lifestyle of rest for the last eight years and I'm still learning, you know? It's a process of moving forward one step at a time and it has a really great payoff at the end. 
Look at this quote from Douglas Pagels. He says, sometimes it's important to work for the pot of gold, but other times it's essential to take time off and make sure that your most important decision in the day is simply consists of choosing which color of the rainbow to slide down. Just letting your mind relax because God is at work. And you know, as we do that, God longs to work through us and to us. And and in the midst of that, God will use you to touch another life. I want you to take these these cards in your hand right here. And we we have the KCCP invite promotion card. And then we have the, the, the Sunday invite card. Sit with us this week at Crosspoint. They're two different cards. And I can't help but think that there is someone in your realm of influence a coworker, a neighbor, a friend who's struggling with rest, whose kids just need something fun to do for a little while where they don't have to worry about anything else. And, and I'd like us to pray over these invites right here, over these tools right here. Our evangelism strategy here at Crosspoint is super simple. Invite, invite, invite. And we have a great community event this coming Saturday that you can invite people to morning afternoon session take a picture of that and sign up a friend or whatever there but also this Sunday after our just after this service at 12:30 we're going to do a, tra- a one hour training in here for those that want to volunteer for KCCP and I I want you to know if you come volunteer for this Saturday you're going to help someone in rest and I believe God's going to give you the best night's sleep Saturday night you've ever had before okay cuz you're going to get wore out but we're here for our community here at Crosspoint. Here's a cool thing. Matanga's Pizza Place is feeding all of our volunteers lunch today at 1230 that stay for the training. So stay for the training. If you're not signed up to volunteer and if you'd like to learn more about it, stay for the training. And then next Sunday, there's someone in your pathway that's struggling. Maybe someone far from God. Maybe someone that hasn't been connected to a church, whatever, for a long time, that you need to put this in their hand and pray for them this week that they'll come check out one of our services next Sunday. And if not in person, maybe online. Because God wants to use you to help other people rest as we learn about rest. So let's take these cards in our hand and we're gonna gonna close out our time in prayer. The care team's gonna be here to pray for you. They're everyday people just like you. If you're struggling with something in your life right now, just know that they're here to pray with you and to encourage you. But as you go through this week, I want you to know that God wants us to experience why rest so that we can experience God at work in and through our lives. Because when we rest well, God is most glorified through us into our children's lives, into our spouse's lives, into our friends' lives, into our coworkers' lives. God will use it. And I believe God's at work in you right now. So hold these in your hand. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're a big God. We thank you that there is no other God like you in all of the earth. And God, we pray right now for the individuals, for the family, maybe for the neighbor that needs to receive this KCCP flyer invite this week, or maybe an invite to one of our services coming up next week. I pray that you would work and move in this person's heart. God, I pray that you would put in everyone's mind right now, whether watching online, you can get some flyers or just do a, a social media invite. God, I pray that you would work and move and put someone on our heart this week that needs to be connected with. 
And God, if we feel like, man, I just, I need help in my own life. God, I pray that you would help all of us to see that when we are your hands and feet, that you nurture our hearts, you bring rest to our soul and help us to see that you are with us every step of the way. So God, I pray for freedom in our hearts and minds. God, I pray for people to be set free from the challenges of do, 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 and do, and show you are strong and never rest. God, deliver us from that mindset. Help us to learn how to be balanced in our life as it relates to rest so we can observe and we can worship you and be a greater part of your kingdom's work. But God, I pray for healing in each of our lives. God, you know what it is we may need to unpack from our childhood or maybe an adult experience that we need healing from and that rest is a significant part of that healing. Help us to see that. Help us to talk to someone about it this week and help us to go to you every day. And we say thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name.